Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of the Social Distance Warriors podcast. It's a podcast where we are hoping to engage the Western Washington University community in conversations about health, wellness, and resilience during this very unique time in history. I'm Liz Stewart. I'm a violence prevention outreach specialist at Western Washington University. And Brandon, why don't you introduce yourself? Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Brandon Joseph, and I am the Men's Resiliency Program Coordinator at Western. Um, I've been at, at Western since August of 2018. My program focuses on uh, mental health for male-identifying students on campus. I am currently checking in from my master bedroom, uh, where I have the windows open, looking at the rain falling down on this Earth Day. That's the day we're recording. And a little bit about myself, I'm originally from Fairbanks, Alaska, where I grew up for about 20 years. Um, and then I went off and lived in Seattle for about six years back in the early 2000s, um, where I got my first degree from North Seattle Community College. Then I uh, moved on to Metro State University, where I got a bachelor's degree, and eventually um, where I moved to the University of Louisville. And I spent six years in Louisville, Kentucky, prior to coming to Bellingham, where I'm currently working on completing my doctorate and my dissertation in counseling and personnel services. So yeah, and I come, I show up as a, a Athabascan in Creek, a very proud native person, um, you know, father, husband, um, and someone who's continuing to try to grow um, and learn every day. And so I'm hoping that as we kind of start this journey of podcasting, something that both of you and I have expressed interest in, that we can uh, continue to share conversation and learn from one another and learn from the community. And yeah, those are my goals and I'm uh, happy to be here. I'm so excited for this. Um, so yeah, I'll share about myself too. My name is Liz Stewart. I use she, her pronouns, and I am the sexual violence prevention outreach specialist here at Western. I've had that job only since October of 2019. So I am really starting my uh, life out at Western with a bang. Just had a few months to get to know my coworkers and start to work with all the amazing students before sheltering in place. Some about me, I am from California. I grew up in the Bay Area. Went to college at Purdue University. Go Boilers. Got my undergrad degree there in law and society. It was like in the sociology school, criminology and law. And from there, I have moved around and lived in different places. I moved back to California, lived there for a while, and then up to Bellingham in 2006 with my partner. And I got my master's degree here at Western in the adult and higher ed program um, and have been working in the Whatcom County community, mostly in nonprofits for the last 13, 14 years. So I feel really excited to be at Western and to be a part of the community as an alum and to be learning and working together with students there. I'm also a parent. I have three uh, wild beasts living in my household with me. I am coming to you from my bedroom as well um, with many coffee cups all around the room <laughs> that have been abandoned, lost, left for dead. Yeah, so those are some things about me. I am also a believer in magical things. I think things happen um, that we can't explain. I'm an activist and um, I am 
and optimist. So those are some things about me. Uh, anything else you want to add about yourself, Brandon, before we start talking about our goals with this podcast and just how we've been getting through social distancing? Uh, nothing really to add, although I've already learned a few things. Like I didn't realize you went to Purdue, so we have the little Midwest connection. You know. Yes. <laughs> I'm a, I am a big um, college sports fan. I do like to watch especially um, college football, and it was really fun to be part of an undergrad experience in the Big Ten. Yeah, we no get, longer the Big Ten, but we'll get into my uh, love for sports. <laughs> talk about how I'm uh, practicing resilience. <laughs> oh my gosh, what a world that there is! There's no sports. It's so wild and different. Okay, so just so that our listeners know, we want you to be aware of why we started this thing. So it's a pilot project that Brandon and I are trying out. And our hope is to provide a space for the Western community, for our Vikings to engage in conversations related to wellness and resilience uh, during quarantine. And we hope that we can bring you information and also engage you in conversations with us about how you are practicing resilience and wellness during this really tough, isolating time. Uh, we also hope that you can learn, we can learn together about the services and opportunities and creative solutions that people are coming up with to make it through and make it through strong and better than when we started. That's kind of our goal for what this podcast is. Brandon, do you want to add anything to that? Uh, no, I just think it's a good time to be innovative and creative. And while there are challenges, you know, I'm trying to reflect on the opportunities that are there. And um, as we mentioned, you know, we both had a little bit of thoughts about starting a podcast. And so what better time to do it now than um, when we're only connected by uh, technology? Um, and so trying to figure this out together. And so, yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah. And I think that we want our listeners to know too, that we really want to engage in conversation with you. We want your questions. We want your comments. We want your thoughts. And so we'll provide information at the end of this podcast and in our show notes so that you can contact us and get in touch. Cause we definitely want this to be a engaged conversation. Should we check in with the resources? Yeah, just take a quick resource break to share with folks some resources and things that Western is doing to uh, promote wellness and interconnectedness during distancing. So one way that you can connect with learning more about what Western is doing is to follow their new Instagram for the Counseling Health and Wellness Department. So that's at BeWellWW on Instagram. That's the handle, BeWellWW. So you can see updates and what is being offered and just connect with us through that Instagram. Go give them a follow. Uh, yeah. And so the other thing, the other component that we're starting um, or we have started is uh, Wellness Wednesdays. And we had basically tried to get this off the ground this year. Um, it is a concept that's kind of rooted in positive psychology, but while also trying to change up the general way that we see maybe therapy, therapy happening in the one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. context. And so... Um, the Counseling Center, uh, Chris Edwards, the Outreach Coordinator, and myself have started this Wellness Wednesday series last quarter. Um, and we had a, it was in person in Miller Hall, and we had about, I would say on average, like 15 students show up. So that was very um, exciting to see. Um, and so now we're having to move that to an online system. And so we, we really want people to maybe take advantage. Um, it happens on Wednesdays at three o'clock. And then the other uh, component um, it's kind of just the student health center and the counseling center and how they have moved operations to be um, telehealth, telemental health. Um, and so the student health center is uh, no longer providing in-person 
medical or mental health walk-in services, but you can uh, speak with somebody via Zoom. Um, so that phone number for the Student Health Center is 360-650-3400. Um, that's 360-650-3400 for the Student Health Center. And then the Counseling Center is also moving to a telemental health uh, program. And so they can be reached at 360-650-3164. And that's from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Um, so that's 360-650-3164 for the Counseling Center um, if you need to speak to somebody. Yeah, I've actually had a counseling session via telehealth and it was really awesome. So y'all should take advantage of those resources for sure. I guess let's dive in how to talk a little bit about how we are practicing resilience during this time of stay in place and social distancing. Wow. What do you think, Brandon? What's been hard? What's been unexpected or new? How are you practicing wellness and grounding through this wild, unprecedented experience? Yeah, I mean, you're certainly not alone in the whole wow you know, I've been kind of stuck in the wow. And even my father-in-law was here in like early February and he was talking about, he, he had been paying attention to Wuhan, China. Um, I had kind of been paying attention, but he was really paying attention. And when he left, he had pulled out these respirator masks that he brought for us. And we were kind of looking at him, not really sure what to think um, other, you know, other than he told us to go to Costco and start stocking up our pantry. And, you know, luckily we're in a position where we're able to do that. I know that not everybody is in that position. And so I feel very fortunate on a daily basis. And some things I've talked with our, our students, we have a men's group for uh, black and brown men on campus that we meet every Mondays. And we kind of talk about the privileges that we have, but also the struggles that we're facing um, and how we try to stay reflective in between those on a daily basis. And um, it sounds cliche, but to bring it back to sports, like just trying to win each day um, and trying to get through each day. Um, each day presents its own challenges, in particular when, you know, you mentioned you have three young children. Um, I couldn't imagine how to handle three. Uh, I have one. He's a four-year-old, and he's kind of, you know, just at home every day, and he's missing out on that social interaction that he gets with other peers at daycare, and so he's looking to us to fulfill some of those things, and as a 38-year-old man, I, it's like, okay, you only get so many like four-year-old jokes or you can only act like a four-year-old <laughs> so long. And so uh, you're really trying to be creative and trying to keep up that positive energy. Um, and then there's an the aspect of, you know, my wife is a faculty member at Western. And so um, she's now teaching classes and luckily she's taught online classes before. So it hasn't been as big of a struggle as maybe for her as for other faculty who have not been in that position. And, uh, but still that there's demands on each other's time. And so trying to schedule who does what, when, and who has Trajan is been one of the, probably one of the more, I guess, challenging aspects. Mm -hmm. I definitely want to you know, again, reiterate that we feel very fortunate. Um, we are in a stable position and for now. And so very fortunate to still be able to um, have work and connect with students and, and be on campus. But life has certainly presented its, its unique challenges. Even, even like we live on a cul-de-sac and there's other children and having to explain mm -hmm. to a four-year-old um, why he can't go play with them or why they have to stay certain ways apart. Um, that's kind of one of the things that we have really been challenged with. But uh, for the most part, yeah, I'm really just trying to get up and start my day on a daily basis, on a, on a good, good note and mm -hmm. try to consume media in very distinct ways. I think yeah. that can be a little overwhelming if, you know, very early on, I was just wanting to read and consume all the information and that kind of became a little taxing at times. And so you had to really step back and figure out, okay, when am I going to check in on the news? When am I going to watch the media? 
and things like that. And so I would say those have been some of the hardest things. Um, one of the unexpected aspects of this whole thing is how to turn your home or your space, wherever you're living, um, into in an all-in-one, right? Like there, you have to have be able, this is your home, right? This is the place where I chill and relax. And now I'm being asked to like make it a daycare, make it a workspace. Um, and so, you know, there's certain things that kind of make that exhausting when you're trying to accomplish all of those things in one space that it, you're not, it's not really built for that. Um, and so I had to do a lot of like little home projects that were like staring me in the face. Like if I'm going to be here and be comfortable, like I couldn't have my garage be messy any longer, little things like that to really, you know, kind of make it, make it feel a little more homey. So, and then one of the things I think practicing wellness, I've been getting out and walking a lot more than I ever really have. I just turned 38. So I don't know if that's part of becoming somewhat old as we near 40, but I find myself walking around Lake Patton kind of early in the morning. Um, and mm -hmm. actually we found a, a secluded golf course that my son and I go and, you know, he bikes around and I walk and kind of jog and it's about a five mile path and, you know, they're closed right now and they've let us walk. And so really just trying to get outside. If, if I don't get outside for a few days, I feel almost trapped inside my house a little more than I already am. And so those are some of the things that I've been doing. And I picked up yoga a little bit. So I, I started doing a little bit of yoga. So hey now. Yeah. Well, how about you? Good for you. How about me? Well, gosh, a lot of the things that you said are relatable for me. I think that especially when you talk about setting boundaries around what kinds of media and how much media you're consuming, you know, social media as well. For me, I, I'm a social learner. I'm a social person. I just live for human interactions. That's so important to my thriving and just my personality and who I am. So it's just been really unreal for me to not have those casual day-to-day interactions with folks that I live my life with outside of my my home and my family and and you know I, I think about sometimes you know I have these littler kids at home they're four eight and twelve and probably a bunch of our students who are back home are managing just their own emotions and experience through this but trying to navigate and support littler brothers and sisters that they might be living with back home and could be having that that feeling too of gosh you know having started this other life or been living this other life you know in Bellingham and then going back to your home space could be could be difficult. I'm curious as to what, what that's like for our student body because I've only gotten to talk to a few of my students that I work with. So that's sort of a question that I have hanging out there is how is that going for those that are back home? And I know that even as a person who moved away from my home family more than 20 years ago, still when I go back home, you know, we sort of can create or develop a different identity outside of the family where we were raised. And so there's always this like going back to oh, like old habits or defaulting to old ways that maybe weren't very effective or, <laughs> or like good for everyone, right? So I think about that with our students. And also just, I think one of the things that I have been experiencing through this is defaulting to habits. I don't want to be extreme or dramatic, but I feel like I'm in survival mode a bit. I really am like, seriously, people are hoarding toilet paper and like, what? Like, we're just trying to survive this. And it's almost this really surreal 
almost false survival because obviously I am very privileged. Like you said, I have a roof over my head. I have a very safe shelter to shelter in. So it's not like I, this real, <laughs> but it is, it is. I'm not trying to undermine also that people are literally trying to survive this. There are very ill people and I have vulnerable pe people in my life, but yeah, just this feeling of needing to survive. And then, and then what I do in my survival mode is falling into habits that maybe aren't so healthy for coping. I do have just some days where I just feel so heavy. I'm a feeling person. You know, I've always worked in social justice field or social work fields. I feel the weight and the heaviness of how many folks are just, are not able to pay their bills right now or have lost their work. And I'm in a position where me and my partner both are able to work from home. So I'm trying to use that frame of reference to change my perspective too, and not get too caught in, you know, the fear and discomfort of all of this. So anyway, I, I have been fighting and trying to reflect on what those habits are that I default to that aren't so healthy, then try to manage them. Like you said, oh gosh, when I do too much news, it can really get to me and then it affects my mood or how I'm approaching my day, right? So similar type of stuff, like just noticing that and having more time to notice that and having to face some of that stuff has has been pretty cool. So I don't know what's been hard. I don't know how to answer that question. Like everything. I think, I think like your point about survival is very relevant, right? In regards to like our world is, has been basically shook up. Whatever we like to do, whatever that is, generally can't do that right now. You know, unless you're, if your passion is like social isolation, you like to go out in the woods and be by yourself. Like, I feel like you could probably get that done right about now. But as people who are generally like social beings, right, that's what makes us tick most of the time at some, on some level. And now we're told, well, you can't really do that. And then there's certain levels of belief, right, of, for, from different, from various people, various groups. And so, you know, some of my neighbors are over it, right? Like, and out in the cul-de-sac and they're a little less aware of where their children mm -hmm. might be playing next to my child and things like that. And so then that, that sets a worry in because we're, we're just going to listen to the health experts and what they tell us to say and what to do. And so, yeah, when you say survival, I think it just means trying to figure out this new way of life or hopefully temporary way of life. And um, because we're not built for it, right? We're mm -hmm. not necessarily built to stay at home. I am not a homebody at all. I'm someone who likes to go, get out and go. Um, I'm somebody who loves sports. Like I have two degrees in sport management and like my passion, my self-care, basically, if we talk about self-care, it's like, I like to go to a baseball game. I like to go to a football game. Mm -hmm. I like to go to a basketball game and I like to be out and not necessarily in a social interaction sense, but I like to be amongst the people, right? Mm -hmm. I don't need to talk to yeah. a lot of people, but I can be amongst 60,000 people and feel at home and watch a game and, and watch a football game and bring my family. And that's like what we do with friends and things like that. And all those things are on hold. and and so very early on for me, I had to flip my mind, my mindset and um, just tell myself, you know what, I don't know how long I'm, I'm going to be here, but you're going to be without your self-care for a little bit. Like sports is my escape. It's always been that way since I was a kid, having, you know, seen a little bit of, of, you know, death in my immediate family and things like that. Sport, sports was a way for me to like have some sort of sense of control of my life when things were kind of spiraling in other areas. And so now whatever that is for people, whatever their self, whatever their escape is, most people have had to find something else right and so that's where I'm like oh, okay this yoga thing actually is pretty relaxing and it does make my muscles burn and it does make me feel good and when I go for a walk and then do a yoga session later in the afternoon like my day is good mm -hmm. it's the days when I sit around and watch Netflix or watch 17 episodes straight of the wire which yeah. is a really good show by the way if you haven't seen it um, <laughs> those are the times when I'm like 
ah, I've been sitting here all day. In the moment, it's good to just sit and just kind of be, but almost afterwards, I think about all the things I let pass. And so trying to, trying to find a balance in that, right? Not saying you can't watch Netflix, but um, mm-hmm. you know, watch a couple episodes and then and get uh, back to doing what, I, what makes me feel a little better. And so, yeah, that was kind of what I was thinking about when you were talking about having been in the survival mode. I think it's kind of just that fight or flight moment of like, oh crap, we're in this unknown scenario. We don't know how long it's gonna last. And I don't think anybody really knows, right? Like, right. and so we're trying to just figure out what's best for us. Mm-hmm. And that's not always easy when you're in un, untreaded waters. So I really have been thinking about also, you brought up that idea of like with your neighbors, some people negotiating where you can and can't be. And I have found that pretty emotionally stressful or taxing when I'm either in my neighborhood, in my community, or at the store and things like that, you know, where different people have different values and boundaries and belief in the problem and the solutions to the problem, right? So it's been interesting to navigate that with people I don't know and with people I do know. I don't know, it just, it definitely feels like every little decision feels heavy. But I think that, you know, one of the things that we're doing in our household, like you said, my partner, oh my gosh, is obsessed with sports. He literally drives all for his job almost all day and just listens to sports talk radio. So he's, you know, struggling with that also, but we've had to just come up with, and it's a de-stressor for him too, to kind of listen to those podcasts and all of that and just zone out and, and watch it. He is enjoying the Bulls documentary that is on ESPN right now, if you... If you one recommendation he said it's pretty good I can vouch. anyway that was a total side detour there and it's good <laughs> but, i was gonna ask you how are you adjusting to life on zoom or teams mm, or whatever yeah uh, platform that, we, that you're using yeah i have I, I think they're very accessible in terms of like they're easy to figure out um and i am happy to see folks online i do also just feel a general experience of screen fatigue so it's like a love-hate relationship i like to see my people's faces i like to interact but i'm just sort of tired at the blue light <laughs> i also think sometimes they can be hard to navigate sometimes they're socially awkward also like if there isn't a leader of the group or, you know, calling on each other, or I've done a couple Zoom happy birthday parties that were like different people coming together from different parts of their life that it was hard to find common ground. I don't know. It's been up and down, but mostly pretty good. What do you, what do you, what are your thoughts about that? How's it been for you? I echo most of that. I mean, I think again, it's an opportunity for us to kind of be pushed into technology. And now you could, I have certain feelings on all that, all that, but like who knew that this was at our fingertips this whole time, right? And and so I think that's been a good good learning experience for me. Um, mm-hmm. But I was reading an article today this morning about um, why we might feel fatigued uh, mm. when we're on these calls. Um, some some people more than others, and just talk. It was talking about how we're again in a different state of mind, right? We're used to this social interaction, human interaction, where we're having a conversation in person. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're like staring at ourselves more often than we would normally do. Um, my wife and I had discussed, like, would that be some interesting, like, sociological research to, like, are people becoming more critical of themselves or things like that? Or what are the impacts of that on mental health of us mm-hmm. constantly seeing ourselves amongst other people, too? But even some of the, the new stressors in these meetings have become like, well, did somebody step on my conversation or I can't, I don't feel like I have an opportunity to speak up. So that's where you're getting like this fatigue or this exhaustion. You're not really physically doing anything, but mentally you're kind of in a, in a space where you're not used to being. And so that takes work, that takes emotional labor. Yeah. Um, and so trying to stay cognizant of that and 
um, the article is basically talking about like, can you keep your Zoom conversations to a minimum, whatever that means, right? If you have mm. an hour and 50 minute class, I don't know what that minimum would look like. Are there other conversations you can hold? Like I know you and I have held phone conversations. For me, I don't mind video because I, I like to see people's face. Um, you know, I love my family, but for the most part, they're the only people that I've like <laughs> talked to like face to face. And when I go to the grocery store um, in the mornings, I generally, you know, keep my distance and I'll talk to like the checkout person. Um, but I'm trying not to really get out and stop and talk. And so that visual for me of seeing somebody else's face and having some sort of conversation has been helpful. Um, but I know not everybody has that. And, and so, yeah, so it was just a really interesting article about why we feel so exhausted, even though we might not be physically taxing, like doing some physically taxing work or Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. You know, I think that I could see some sort of performative aspect when you're on video and you're hyper aware of your movements and the way that you're interacting or communicating, right? That you aren't usually visually seeing yourself or have that in your mind space, right? Like you're usually just sort of talking and not having that extra piece. And I could see where that would cause a person to have to feel like they're performing in a way that might make interactions a little less authentic. So I can see, see that. That's pretty interesting. I definitely feel like that is relevant to me. <laughs> but, you know, I wonder also, you said, how could we limit those interactions? Like if you have a two-hour class, you know, what can you do? Well, I wonder if it would have the same impact if you could, you know, block yourself so people couldn't see you. Or I wonder if some people do that because of that aspect, like if that would help. But yes, very interesting sociological study ideas. I love it. Yeah, and I, the article mentioned that too, and I had just pulled it up. It, the title is The Reason Zoom Calls Drain Your Energy, and it was it was from the BBC. But it talked about, like, if you're feeling more fatigued because you're on these calls, like, maybe you should try turning off your camera. Um, yeah. And also making people not feel, like, bad or, or something. Yeah. They do you turn off their camera. They don't want to turn their camera off. Um, yeah, trying to stay cognizant of all those things. Yeah, you know, I also, I saw a friend um, post an article on Facebook that was a, an opinion piece about children who are home right now that are doing Zoom meetings with their teachers or with their classmates and how um, teachers should allow them to put the virtual backgrounds on the back, that it's not just a joke, but for some kids, you know, they don't want to share that intimate space. They don't want you to see what's going on in the background of their lives. And that's a protective thing that they can do for themselves is to put that background like they're in. But I loved that awareness that, you know what, home isn't safe for everybody and not everybody wants you to see what's going on in their home. I mean, I definitely have had moments where I'm like, oh God, I got to change rooms so people don't see just how messy this place is because it definitely gets a little wild with three kids running around, wrestling, throwing things around constantly. But well, yeah. The, curtain, the curtains look nice in the, in the background. Oh, those, thank oh, you. We're on, we're on a Zoom call right now, so. You know, I feel like one thing that I didn't mention when we were talking earlier is um, when we were asking about something unexpected or new that you're doing or trying. And so I'd love to hear more about that if you have uh, more things that, that you've been doing besides yoga. Well, first of all, it's just a new practice for me to be really present with my children. <laughs> so I'm trying to do that every day and um, really play, actually. So that's something that I've been doing more of, or that's new for me, is have more, like doing more art practice, writing poems, and um, things that are just playful and that don't have like a productive purpose. I'm not, it's not outcomes oriented. I'm so used to thinking that way in work and in the things I'm trying to do in life. And, and that's important too, in some respects, but just trying to do something that's just process oriented, like 
making some art that I'm not attached to whether it's good or not and doing it with my kids or painting something. We painted rocks the other day. And we've been trying to try new things like cooking. I made some Bavarian pretzels that felt like very a huge accomplishment for me. I'm not a big baker, but um, that was amazing. I did it and they were good. I also tried to make marshmallows with my kids and that was a massive failure. I burned out the, <laughs> the motor on the mixer, which I had borrowed from a friend. So I had to replace that. And the marshmallows were horrible and they were burnt and even my kids wouldn't eat them. You know, they're bad. So trying new things and letting go of like whether they work out or not and see how it goes has actually been a super fun, unexpected benefit of this whole experience for me. Nice. I like that. And I, I love pretzels. Like pretzels is like my number. It's in my top foods. Like if I go buy a pretzel stand, I can't not buy a pretzel. <laughs> okay. Noted. They, cheese, Noted. they don't have cheese. And I'm generally, <laughs> I like, I'll question it. But if there's a pretzel with cheese, I'm in. <laughs> Say... So outside of yoga, um, I'm also trying to be more present, right? I, I've done a lot of self-reflection just about how we, um, you know, I haven't spent this much time around my son since mm. I went back to work, right? And that was when he was about six weeks old. Yeah. Um, you know, I went back to work and he was with my in-laws and then he started daycare and, you know, your, your, your children are at school for, you know, a variety of reasons um, and social interaction is one of them. And so I was kind of alluded to this concept of like, how do I get into like a four year, my mindset into like a four year old mindset so that we can have play because I know that that's how children learn through play. Yeah. Um, and I don't have school age children, so I'm not, not dealing with like the whole curriculum aspect, but I've mm -hmm. kind of read some things from some parents who are, who are maybe being a little loose on that because of, this unprecedented time that we're in and and how do we um measure productivity in a time like this and yeah. i think hopefully you know schools get reopened soon and so um really trying to force myself and open my mind to kind of be a four-year-old again and yeah. find things when he wants to do things um how do i be present in those moments um he's really into golf right now and so when we go to the golf course, he wants to play golf. And so we take like his little Fisher Price set out there and just let him play around. But I would say, yeah, I, I like how you said, I'm just trying to be present and um, work on some of those things. And I think some, a lot of that is self-work too, right? Like yeah. we're so busy and like, there's always some sort of email or something in the back of my head that I could probably be sending. Yeah. And when you're in a, it's almost like work doesn't stop right now. Um, because there's no time when I'm in my office uninterrupted generally mm -hmm. um you know right now like I said I'm in the room but my wife I think is I think in another meeting and yeah, uh, he's right. probably in front of the tv and so you even think about that of yeah. like what kind of impact is that having and so we try to have him watch some sort of um you know some sort of learning component um yeah something mm -hmm. that he's watching and so yeah I think those are some of the things that were that I'm trying to do and um yoga is something I've always wanted to start. I just, this is, mm -hmm. if, we, if we have time to get into like male fragility and things like that, I think that's one of the components of, for me, that why I never really started yoga. Um, yeah. I've done it a few times and then I like have a class, um, but now I've actually yeah. turned YouTube and I'm in my room or my, my living room and um, I try to get that going with me and my son. So we've been doing a little bit of yoga, so. Okay, that's adorable. I think, you know, Brandon, when you're talking cosmic, about cosmic kids yoga, cosmic, yeah, kids yoga. cosmic kids yoga, my children love that too. Um, yeah, or if you just want an imaginative yoga experience as an adult too, probably. Um, I, I think what, what the word that's coming up for me when you're talking about, you know, 
allowing yourself to be like a four-year-old or, um, you know, letting things unfold as they are is permission. And I feel like that's something that for me, I've really been trying to offer myself and other people through this, that again, we are in this state and it is maybe for a longer term than we expected of just trying to get by in a new experience and giving myself permission and others permission to just for the day to unfold as it is. And some days are going to be that heavier, less productive Netflix day. And some days are going to be more playful and exploratory and reflective and productive or creative, right? And so one thing that um, a friend told me is that she is just doing this practice of telling herself every morning, whatever today is, is okay. And I think just accepting that. And I really am hoping that a part of what comes out of this is more of a compassion revolution, compassion for ourselves and allowing ourselves to have those moments that aren't just as perfect or as much as we hoped, you know, and allowing, having compassion for others in however they're experiencing this. Cause I know, you know, I have a niece who is graduating high school and she has a lot of grief about missing her prom and missing her graduation. And there's been other students who are like, that's so selfish of you. You know, there are people dying and are reacting on that way. And I just think, you know what, both things are true. We can still feel a sense of loss for the things that we were hoping. We have seniors here at Western. We have varsity athletes, athletes here at Western that are not getting to do some things they really, really, that, that are their huge accomplishments and really exciting times in their life that they were sort of robbed of, you know? And it's okay to feel some grief and sadness for losing that stuff um, and just having compassion for like whatever our reaction to this is um, so that's, that's my hope is that this becomes um, a place where we're more generous and more compassionate um, and give each other more space and ourselves more space for like whatever it's got to be today, right? Yeah, I mean, I would agree. And, and just thinking about all the people who have lost something, right? And whatever level that is, like you said, we've yeah. all have experienced some sort of change in our lives. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's why I kind of try to stay present and, and, just kind of take it one day at a time. Um, in particular, when there's a, there's no finish line, Yeah. right? It's like, we don't know again, how long, um, we know Western's announced like to, you know, employees won't be back till at least June 14th and it's what April 22nd. Yeah. Um, and so I think when this first started six weeks ago, there was a lot of time to sit and think, um, and just kind of adjust. Um, but mm-hmm. lately I've been trying to find the opportunities that exist within, um, you know, this kind of uh, space that we're in, because, um, you know, I've always said this, like, you know, life goes on, and that's the unfortunate thing, or I guess not unfortunate, but, you know, when you experience, so just to be fully candid, like, my mother died of cancer when I was 11 years old, right, and yeah. and so there's there's moments in, in life when you do want to sit and, you know, sit in sorrow and, and grieve, but then there's also moments when you have realization that, hey, you you know, she, she set a foundation for me to go out and do great things. And I got to owe it to her to do that. And so that's kind of how I live my life. And so there was a little bit of moments of the first week or two where, you know, I did feel sorry. I didn't know what to do. I was anxious. I was nervous. Um, I didn't know who this was going to impact. I got a 72 year old father who's trying to fly all over the country. And, and it's like, yeah. you know, trying to control all of that and all those emotions. And then once that subsided, it's, it's kind of like, okay, well, you still have work to do. Um, like we said, we're, we're very fortunate to still have a, a paycheck and be able to provide for our families in that way. And so Mm -hmm. how do we provide our service? And I think 
that's actually how we got here, right? Now's a good time to start this podcast and hopefully try to yeah. create some sort of messaging or just provide content that lets people know that they're not alone in some of their thoughts and feelings and anxiety and nervousness yeah. and compassion. And mm-hmm. um, I think you can, you can be, both, be both compassionate and also uh, try to be productive, right? Like, I think, yeah. how do you find that healthy balance? And that's what I'm trying to do on a daily basis is, okay, what do I need to get done today? What is most important? Um, and what things can kind of be on the back burner and what things can mm-hmm. kind of maybe be held out until we get into a, a space that is quote unquote more productive than the one we're in now. Yeah. And so really trying to communicate with students, trying to check in and make sure that they're all doing okay. The ones that um, are in our men's group. And um, those are things that kind of have made me feel connected with the campus. Um, mm-hmm. I really miss campus. I miss the, just like the energy and mm-hmm. the people and things like that. So um, when you were talking, it reminded me of this metaphor that I heard on a podcast that I listened to called creative pep talk. The host of it, his name is Andy J. Pizza. I don't think it's his real name, but he loves pizza. Um, And, you know, you talked about like everyone's got some kind of change happening, right? And um, that there's a time for sorrow and then a time for like action or, you know, evolution, um, metamorphosis, right? And he um, shared this analogy on his podcast about caterpillars going into a cocoon and then coming out as butterflies. And I didn't know this because I'm not a sciencey gal, but caterpillars, when they go into their cocoon, don't just like transform into butterflies. They first turn into a pile of gelatinous goo. Like, is, that the sci- is that the scientific term? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goo is uh, gelatinous. <laughs> that for me felt very relatable that like before you can transform, you don't just go from what you are to what you're going to be you first have to totally break down into the goo of your essence, just kind of, and I felt like that at the beginning of this, you know, and I truly believe that this is a turning point and is an opportunity for transformative change worldwide in the way that we are approaching life and, and the way that we do things here. And I think, you know, globally, that, that there's a huge transformative opportunity here. You know, whether we're turning into that goo at the beginning of it and then developing into the butterfly, or if that's a thing that happens weekly or daily, that we just have to goo it down and then we come back up. You know, that pulse can look different for different people and all of it's valid. And I do believe that we're going to come out of this as those glorious creatures and that we're going to be better for it. So that's the hope that I'm holding on to. That's the thing I'm appreciating about this is that I've seen incredible creative solutions meeting that basic human need of connection. We literally can't survive without it. We are one of the few species that a baby is born and it will not thrive if it's not held. So that lesson is just so alive for me right now. And I, and I have that hope and belief and I hope we can spread that hope and belief together. I really like that. And I'll be thinking about that. Like every morning I wake up and sit in my bed <laughs> and answer emails that I'm in the gelatinous glue phase of the day. Um, yeah, I mean. I like it to the butterfly stage. <laughs> I'm trying to thrive. Oh, just let it happen. Just let it happen however it unfolds. Uh, I think that's right, well, a segue though to so I think the next topic was kind of uh, so something we appreciate versus like something we might miss about our quote unquote old normal life. life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I appreciate uh, again my position and that I have um, I'm able to work from home. And what I appreciate most is that I'm in a household with people that I love dearly, who are my closest closest people. 
And so I've never had an opportunity to know them this well, to be with them, to play, and um, just have some freedom to be a really connected family. So that's the number one thing that I appreciate, although I appreciate a bunch of different things. And something that I miss so much is actually one thing about my work life which I had just started doing violence prevention workshops with all the club sports teams and the varsity sports teams. Those workshops give me life. Speaking with students about relationships and consent and how to navigate those things, which are at least as important as your academic success is being able to engage in intimate relationships. I mean, it's one of the top indicators of whether we'll be happy is if we have healthy relationships in our life, right? Along with housing stability and um, job stability as well, right? Employment. I really miss those conversations because they were funny and fun and tender and um, hilarious and awkward and all the things that human interactions could possibly be. <laughs> Talking about subjects that are hard for some folks and um, exhilarating for others. So those student connections. How about you? What do you appreciate about this time and, and what are you missing? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll echo your sentiment about family. Like just, I haven't, we haven't spent this much time together and that I'm not going to lie, presents its own challenges. <laughs> yeah. Um, just because you're constantly in the same space. And so I, I'm one who does value my alone time. Um, mm -hmm. and so trying to, again, balance the appreciation that I have for being able to grow with my wife and my son, but then also trying to figure out how do I get my alone time? And, and generally that's been through walks or hikes early in the morning. I would say, yeah. And, and I really appreciate just the situation that I'm in. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I feel very fortunate to be where I am in life. Um, you know, I don't think got, I got here without education, you yeah. know, and so I think it's time to appreciate the power of education um, yes. and appreciate that, you know, along the way of me getting these various degrees I think sometimes you don't really know what you're doing it for. At the end of the day, you get into it because you, you, I was good at it, right? It was the one thing that was providing st stability in my life at one point. Yeah. Um, and I knew that that was where I could thrive, was in an educational setting. Um, mm -hmm. And so I would say that in that sense, I'm, I feel very fortunate, but I also am taking the time to appreciate the fact, like all the hard work that I put in um, and continue to do. If I could get my dissertation done, then I feel <laughs> a little bit more accomplished, but still trying to appreciate all those things and the work that's been into that. And, and then the one thing I miss, we touched on, I mean, I miss sports. Um, yeah. I never thought mm -hmm. in my life, in my life, I would ever have to experience a time without sports. You know, I have two degrees in sport management. Yeah. Uh, my whole goal in life at one point was to work in sports. Um, and I just can't fathom a time without sports. And, and even, you know, my son is four, but he started playing t-ball. He started playing soccer yeah um, he started playing basketball and so he started doing all these things and my passion for sports had kind of shifted from you know my own personal selfish wants to now it's watching him um do the things that he loves and he's really passionate about it and so I really miss that mostly um mm -hmm. luckily we have every sporting equipment you could think of in our house we just don't <laughs> always have the uh the field or the court that he might be used to but we're able to make do with what we have so that's really what I miss is sports but I do want, you know, I'm not in a rush to get it back, right? Like, yeah, I just want things to come back in a proper way. Um, I can be fine without sport. You know, I don't want, I, I probably wouldn't go to a sporting event if the economy opened up back tomorrow or next week or even next month. Um, and that's just my own personal opinion. Just trying to think about the things that you think are part of your life so much. Um, again, it was my escape, but like life without sports, it's possible, right? Yeah, definitely. I think if nothing else, we're definitely learning 
about what is possible right now. Okay, I think we're getting towards the end of our time here. And so we want to make sure that all of our listeners know how to get in touch with us. Again, my name is Liz Stewart, and you can get a hold of me by emailing me at my Western account, Liz.Stewart. It's S T U A R T at WW. Please do follow Prevention Wellness and uh, Counseling Health and Wellness on Instagram at BeWellWW. And then there's a couple websites, but Brandon, why don't you share your email as well in case folks want to reach out? Uh, yeah. Well, first, this has been fun, Liz. So oh, yeah, it has. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to continuing. Um, it's a learning experience. We're trying to figure this out. So, um, yeah, I've been really enjoying it. Um, so, yeah, my name is Brandon Joseph. And please feel free to email brandon.joseph, B-R-A-N-D-O-N dot J-O-S-E-P-H at www.edu. Please follow us on Instagram. We're trying to grow our counseling, health, and wellness page. That's at B-E-W-E-L-L-W-W-U. And then for more information on uh, Student Health Center, you can go to studenthealth.wwu.edu. Um, and for the Counseling Center, you can go to counseling.wwu.edu. This has been so, so fun and so great. We will hopefully connect with you all soon. And before we close, I want to encourage you to do a wellness practice that can help calm you down. It's pretty easy. There's actually tons of research that says that taking deep breaths is something that literally calms your nerves. It sort of bathes the nervous system um, in oxygen. I wanna encourage you to put your hand on your heart, take a deep breath in for five counts and you can just count to yourself. And out for five counts. One, two, three, four, five. You can close your eyes if you want. Take a deep breath in for five counts. And out for five counts. One, two, three, four, five. Thanks so much for listening and participating with us. We hope you'll join us again. On our next episode, we'll be chatting with Dr. Cicelina Ledbetter, who's the Director of Counseling Health and Wellness at Western. Our music today was provided by Airtone. The track is called Night Walk, and it can be found on ccmixter.org. That's C-C-M-I-X. T-E-R.org. Special thanks to Maggie Feeney for helping us get this new project up and running. We look forward to hearing from you. Thanks so much. See you next time.